Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Bringing the Pain. In case you haven't figured out, my name is Cyrus Wade. Live right here, coming on Fair Radio Fairfax. Well, actually, I kind of lie right there. Not really live. This show's been recorded a little bit before it, it airs, a little bit more than, a little bit earlier than usual, but that's okay. With that in mind, today's show is going to be a little bit different. So normally you'll just be hearing me, my lovely voice, my great thoughts, just my genius, just spewing out just all this knowledge to, to all of you out there. But today we're going to do this. We're going to do this a little bit differently because I am very bad at forward planning. Well, if you're hearing this, chances are I'm on vacation somewhere. Um, I don't know. I might be in Rome. <laughs> Uh, Paris, who, who knows? Uh, if you want to know what, like all my whereabouts, just follow me on Twitter at at Cy underscore the great T H A great. Uh, you might catch me, <laughs> you might catch me on Instagram. I'll be posting some awesome vacation pics there. So in the meantime, to help me out with this particular show, I have T Stokes. Stokes in your area. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Good evening. Where it is in your time zone? Okay, that's that's a little bit too much right there, but whatever. We're global. Oh really? Oh, by the way, this is red, and unless that is that is that what you're going by today? Yeah, I'm just gonna go by my birth name. <laughs> oh, his mama named Brandon. We're gonna call you Brandon, huh? That's right. All right. So, <laughs> as you can tell, like today's episode is gonna be a little bit more weird, but that's great. That's exactly what we're looking for. So, the theme of today's show is hacky sports debates. One of the great things about like sports is that we can like ha- have these like disagreements, these arguments. Uh, these debates that tr- basically go on and on and on that come to no real conclusion. But again, that's part of the fun. It's like we pick a side, we argue it, and we stand by it no matter what the facts and figures actually say. This is what we know. This is how we feel. So what we're going to do is we're going to spin a wheel and whatever whatever the topic lands, whatever it lands on, that's what, that's what we, we'll be discussing. We're not really going to time this. We're just going to go with the flow. If it if it picks up, we're just going to go with it. If it starts dying down, we'll go ahead and change change the uh, topics. Is that all right with y'all, gentlemen? Sounds good, Cyrus. Yeah, it works for me. All right, then. Let's get this going. Oh, I love this question. Should college athletes be paid? My agent's texting me right now, guys. (laughs) (laughs) You mean the booster? (laughs) Uh, This is a pretty good question here. Um, I mean, if if you don't mind me starting off, uh, Brandon, um, Cyrus, I I absolutely think they should. Absolutely. Um, The only thing I would say is is the structure. I'm not too sure on how they should be paid. Um, But when you have these, these universities profiting off of their likeness, um, producing millions of dollars, and they can't even um, generate any income off of that. Um, a lot of these athletes are coming from um, situations that are pretty negative, pretty down, um, you know, just coming from bad situations and just coming to college and school doesn't fix that situation. Um, they need to generate some form of income. And um, when you see your coach being paid hundreds of millions of dollars and you're Unable to, I mean, how does that motivate you? And also, to keep it going to another level, um, it could also influence people to stay in college a little longer. Um, the Tyler Ennises of the world. The, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you're getting paid, why would you then go and move to the professional ranks? Because you have some stability. 
you can take care of your family. Um, you're learning, you're maturing, you're getting a college education. Uh, I, I absolutely think they should be paid. Yeah, I agree with you, uh, T. Stokes. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Cyrus called me Travis. <laughs> Uh, to me, I mean, college athletes, they already receive discounted tuition, free tuition in times, uh, numerous perks, such as free gear, extra meal swipes, the real currency of college. <laughs> and don't forget that extra special cafeteria that only they get to eat Yeah, at. the athlete's cafeteria, <laughs> the athlete's gym. They already have all these special perks. Why not just pull the veal off of uh, their, uh, their, their payment, their industry, and, and just make it legal? Yeah. Right. I, I just wish... We just really get over this fraud of, of amateurism that they're still trying to like portray. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, when you think about all these like rules that they have, like in the name of amateurism, it, you know, started way back in the forties or fifties, way before you know NCAA March Madness took off. Before we had all these bowls, you know, the Outback Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the like, Toilet Bowl, Tostitos, oh, what the Beefo Brady's Bowl. Oh, that's become like one of my favorites. <laughs> Brady's, but anyway, before like th- that, like before all that money really took off. So like back then, it made sense. You've, you've even had like the like the figureheads that really uh, made the system the, w- the way it is uh, from back in the day come out now. Say, hey, hold on, like this is completely antiquated and needs to be changed. This is absolutely nuts. Considering the fact that what the Alabama strength and conditioning coach gets like what like a half a mil yeah, a like year, five hundred thousand, yeah. Yeah. I mean, see, it gets murky to me because I think when you start looking at it, when you first think about it, you think about the Alabamas, the, the football, the the basketballs. But when you get down to the field hockeys and, and you get down to, um, you know, uh, well, I mean, I, I'm belittling golf, but some of the, some of those. Oh, well, come on. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sorry. So let's just stick with field hockey. So when you. <laughs> When you get shout down out to some, all the field hockey players out there, we love you. Um, <laughs> when you get down to a lot of these these, I guess you'll say non income generating sports or non revenue sports, um, that's when it gets a little bit murky. I mean, is the is the pay scale um, proportionate to how much income you generate for your school? Um, does everyone get paid a, a stipend of the same amount? That's where I'm getting murky about the structure, and that's where I see a lot of people go on the the, the the side of like being no because it's it's too murky, and then you should also just be um, just be glad that you're getting a college education. And I mean, that's not enough to, to to sway me over to the side of no. But I would like to ask you, gentlemen, what would you think about the pay structure? How would that work out if you do believe? Um, these college um, players should be PPP paid. I don't think it could be related to the revenue or like a percentage of revenue that, is, that a program brings in because most programs are in the red anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a hard way of doing things. You just end up having college athletes paying the school. <laughs> um, so I think uh, I think a stipend is the most fair way if you were to have all athletes at a school uh, representing a school um, being paid a, a single. Uh, fixed, uh, you know, amount. Uh, whether it's a stipend of, of four thousand dollars a month or a semester, whatever whatever the value is, is, is irrelevant. I think it's important to remain fair, especially with, like, within a sport. You can't have like the quarterback getting paid a certain amount of money, whereas a lineman's getting paid less. Yeah. Um, if you were to institute uh, payment at all, 
but isn't that how like the pros work? The quarterbacks obviously get the ridiculous, you know, the hundred million dollar deals. Meanwhile, the linemen, if they sniff thirty, like oh, like you're on the way to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but if they're claiming to still be an amateur sport, uh, then it should be pretty even, should it not? But should they still claim to be an amateur sport when all the signs point to the fact they're not? No, I think the uh, being able to claim that they're an amateur sport is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, if you look at it, uh, the the difference between a uh, NCAA team uh, you know, who makes the tournament and an NBA team is, is what the millions that they're pocketing may be the players. But they're getting the same recognition. They're doing tournaments on ESPN. They're getting highlights on ESPN. They're doing interviews after a game. Uh, they have agents giving them various benefits. Um, well, we know, can't call them ages. You know, you know, long well, lost yeah. family members. You <laughs> know, long lost family members. Like great great uncle Larry. You know, twice removed. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I think the amateur status uh, is a definition that should definitely be readdressed. Uh, that's my personal take. So, so what about those mid major schools that don't have the budget that uh, the the Carolinas have, or you know, some of those maybe the NC states that don't have the budget that the Carolinas have, and things like that. Um, what do you what do you do about those people? You know, why you got to go there? <laughs> I just I just want to bring the pain. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Where, where's that bacon sizzle? <laughs> <laughs> just gonna have to go there. Well, um, actually, like that's what all the detractors. Uh, all the people who say, "Hey, we shouldn't pay these guys because, like that, according to them, they'll create this unfair advantage for you know the big programs such as the Duke, the like University of Florida is like their football, like Florida State, uh, Florida State, the Seminole program, and that um, Ricky Deke place in Chapel Hill. Like that, that, that's what they're saying. And it begins. <laughs> oh, it, it never stopped. <laughs> it kept it keeps going on and on. But anyway, but let's face it, even without like the pay structure, you're still going to have that advantage if you're those name brand, name brand programs. You're still going to have it because guess what? You go when you go to uh, when you look at ESPN like during, you know, the recruiting times. It's, you know, the Nick Sabans, the John Calipari's, you know, those guys that get all the all the time. When I'm if I'm a, like a 16, 17 year old recruit, if I'm look, watching TV, hey, my coach is on TV. Like I could be up there with him, like giving these interviews, like in this exposure, especially if I have like a legitimate opportunity in my mind to make it to the next level. Oh, like that's the place they need to go. So that's already an advantage that they have. And of course, you not when you st- like for some reason it's more of an advantage to some people if you now you put a little money in the pocket. But. In my personal opinion, the way I feel it should work is, you know, like probably go to the stipend system to where, you know, you get a little walking around cash for, you know, life. Isn't that how it is already, though? Don't they get stipends? I believe so. Yeah. But like for for me, it should be kind of in proportion to like how much revenue you bring into the school. Uh But not only but not only that but really i believe i i could be wrong like the ncaa is one of the only places i'm aware of where it is against the rules to profit from your own likeness when you look at like todd Gurley's ridiculous suspension like a couple years ago for signing some autographs i mean what if someone wants to sign like if someone wants to pay me to sign their name hey come on where you at like where, where you at but really that's their problem that shouldn't be mine and that should have been his and i think that's something that could change if the amateur definition was kind of addressed is is determining that a player can profit off of their own likeness then uh, i think if you were to remain in the current amateur status that shouldn't be allowed which is i kind of understand from the ncaa perspective but if you were to readdress it and to actually claim you know they're just not 
full-time athletes, however you want to classify a definition of amateur. Uh, I think the profiting off your own likeness would be a way to kind of redistribute um, the polarizing athletes, uh, maybe the, the revenue they would be getting themselves versus uh, the average athlete. But hey, if, if they reach that level, then like don't they really kind of deserve it? Isn't that yeah, what we I agree. teach? Is if you excel at this one thing, you should be able to reap the benefits? I agree. Huh. Whatever. It, apparently, we're all in agreement. So, like, this actually makes this segment very boring. So, we're going to move on. Show me the money. <laughs> I like this sound, Cyrus. You sounds don't cool. like it? Yeah, it sounds very Price is Righty. Well, the price was right. You see, because. <laughs> No, because what happened is like so like this will, which apparently you seem to like. Uh, so when I went to like all the like the big cheeses here down here, uh, you know, they said, hey, like, like I said, hey, I need a will. You know, I have, I'm having this, you know, like will of topics of discussion. Yeah. And they said, oh, we don't you, like I said, OK, what's the budget for it? And they said, well, we don't have a budget for it. I'm like, great. Plain check. I can just go out and get whatever I want. <laughs> apparently, that's not what no budget means. Uh, next topic. Uh, actually, it's a continuation of something we talked about off air. OK. Is Steph Curry overrated? You know, I think I think you just picked this because we all disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hey, 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 this is entertainment. Come on now. Yeah, I think we should let Brandon go first on this one because uh, let's get this. Let's get his take on this one. Yeah, I think it's fair. We can air the uh, the elephant in the room. I think I'm probably the biggest Steph Curry fan in here, uh, claiming him as potentially the number one player in the NBA earlier today. Yeah, I said him or Kevin Durant. Oh, okay. <clears throat> to be fair, our discussion was linked to starting, you know, create, have you had a, a year long with a franchise who you build around LeBron James or, or Steph Curry? And I adamantly went with Steph Curry and the value of the point guard position. But uh, yeah, no, I don't think he's overrated. I think you saw some of his his weakness, if you can call it that, and that's his slight frame in the finals, uh, just getting knocked around 24-7 by seven-foot behemoths. Uh, definitely took a toll on his smaller stature, but uh, I think he's one of the most prolific scorers in the NBA. He's a creator. Um, he is an incredible ball handler, and uh, you can't overlook the offensive side of his game at all. I mean, I agree. I mean, he, he's a he's a great player. Um, like you said, a great scorer, a, a great a great shooter. Um, but let's put it in perspective here, Brandon. Um, mm-hmm. Greatness, greatness to me. I'm going to define that as if you took Steph Curry and you were to put him on the Cavaliers this season, this past season, and you put LeBron James on the Warriors this past season. Could Steph Curry single-handedly, with this team constructed as the way they were, take them to the finals? So he's stuck with Kyrie, too? I mean, he has Kyrie as well. So, I mean, just the same teams. But even more to that point, as you ponder that, can you put Steph Curry on any team in the league and he changes the, the climate of that that team? Is he that kind of player? Can you throw him on on the 76ers and they're instantly a playoff contender? Does he have that type of... Uh, the skill set, or is he just a singular great player on a team that's 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 loaded? 
I mean, they're no doubt loaded, but I think in the 76ers are actually an interesting example because I think if you put Steph Curry on the 76ers, they would be a very good That's team. That's fair. Because yeah. that is the one piece that they are missing. Oh, I mean, now they have Joel Embiid back. Embiid in. back. Oh, Joel Embiid. Oh. He's the truth. He's, he's big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they got some pieces now. So. Yeah, they, they have some, some bigs that they can kind of work with there. Um, no, I, I, I see what you're saying um, in terms of his impact on any random team versus the the loaded nature of the Warriors. But if you think back to how you thought of the Warriors two years ago, where were they? They weren't the number one team. You didn't think of, oh, Clay and Draymond are maybe two of the top 10 players in the league um, or you know top 15. You wouldn't have thought that. You would have said, yeah, they're good players, you know, top 25, top 30. Um, so I think not only in Steph's ascension last season uh, or the season prior at this point, um, it's, I think they're directly linked with kind of the uh, respect, I guess, that the rest of the Warriors roster is getting. In terms of putting him on any team, I think they would immediately be more uh, successful as, as, a, as a team. Uh, definitely, definitely uh, in terms of points per game. I mean, he completely changes any sort of offensive rhythm or offensive game plan that you might have already had. I can, I'm trying to think if you were to like put him on the Raptors instead of Kyle Lowry. How scary would that team be? Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you're exactly right. I, I think about it. So, so let's take Steph Curry. So you you mentioned Draymond and you mentioned Clay, and they were you know where they're top twenty five. Steph Curry wasn't Steph Curry until about two or three years ago. Because that was the only time he was healthy. Like, like I think we're all really forgetting how frail this guy is. Well, yeah. He's been pretty resilient the last few years once he's finally kind of figured out that he should wear ankle braces at every single game. <laughs> uh, the, ankles, the, ankle braces. the ankles were his biggest issue coming Duty. into the league. Um, I mean, look at his shoes. They come up to your calf muscle. I mean, they come up to your calf. They're trying to protect his, his ankle so much. Well, you got to. Like, he's only like put together, what, like two like real healthy seasons. To that point, LeBron was LeBron day one. KD was KD day one. Yeah, I think these great players were who they were from the beginning. I think there's those are different types of players. So you have the physical freaks like LeBron and KD who are just monstrous human beings and more athletic than most other players, whereas Steph is more of a technical player. So yes, he's fast um, and he's quick and he has great handles, but I think his like technical side of, of his dribbling or his passing or his shooting and his quick release, the technical side of him is what makes him a different type of player than a LeBron who was just really more physical and capable of doing more physical things than like, any other player coming into the league at his time. So what what is what Mine's is mellow. what is what is Curry's rating? I mean, he's obviously I think he's overrated because we're we're comparing him with Michael Jordan. We're having the conversations with with LeBron James and these great players, the, the Isaiah Thomases and and the, these great players. I mean, what is what has Curry done to even be mentioned? He won a than, championship. Oh, oh my god. Oh, really? Steph Curry won a championship. Yeah. He won the championship or did Draymond Clay Bogut Harrison? <laughs> <laughs> Barbosa. <laughs> Did these guys were these guys the people that actually were instrumental in winning? Because I don't feel like he was the one that won the championship. Well, of course, I it was Olenek. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, shout out Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we all know Olenek was the MVP of that finals. We all know that, hey, man. See, does, yeah, Curry didn't have a great finals in 2015. 
Um, but if you also look at how much they had, the Cavs had to change their defensive game plan solely because he was on the court, it, it allowed other players like like Clay and Harrison and Draymond to actually take over and be the offensive firepower for a team. I think that's like, yeah, the Cavs prepped to stop Steph. They've done it two series in a row now, and Steph's presence was because of of their, because of that defensive, you know, the the focus that they had to give to Steph Curry was kind of what propelled the rest of that offense. Yeah, but 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 two finals straight. Steph has been below average. But the entire Cavs team went out of their way to get a hip or an elbow into him Still, every you, play. But you're making concessions for it for a great player. You have to figure out a way, right? You have to figure I it out. I agree. And they did figure games. out a way. Did they? Yeah, unfortunately Harrison Barnes just can't hit a three. <laughs> <laughs> so but but to that, you're going away from you're going away from your primetime player. You're see the difference is like if you're comparing him to, see, I, I wouldn't like compare him at this point to MJ. We got to see the rest of his career first. Yeah, absolutely. But in comparison to the top three players in the NBA, I think he's he's right up there in that conversation because it's not just about the stats that he puts up or if he shows out or his field goal percentage. It's his impact on the floor. Yeah. Whether he's actually producing the points or if he's just taking away sixty percent of the defense's focus. But what? But what? I would love to know the stats on this. Hey, uh, hey, stat boy, can you go give me the stats on this? Yeah, really the quickly? Um <laughs> Um, hey, but, I told you no budget. <laughs> but that was just for the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that's for everything. I see. So where? How are we getting paid? <laughs> uh, <laughs> turn the mics off. <laughs> um, but I mean, I would love to know what what, what percentage of points did he assist on? Um, I mean, of course, I think his impact is a lot greater than just statistical. Um, what statistics will show? But I mean. What did what did he did he did he contribute to Harrison's shots open shots were were Clay shots coming off of passes from him was he so you would he, need advanced statistics at that point because it's not necessarily going to be like the first pass yeah. that he made he that set up yeah he could yeah like there's got to be like the one or two pass or he's cheating the entire offense so that they can do a swing around to get to the other corner right. right. It, it's it's it requires some advanced statistics that our intern is just not capable of producing yeah. at this moment. Well. We'll get Bobby to get some stats next time. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can do. But anyway, uh, yeah, well, he's okay. So, so, full disclosure, I hate Steph Curry. <laughs> I don't hate him. Oh, no, I, I hate this guy. Yeah. I mean, he, I'll I'll give credit where credit is due because for the longest time I hated LeBron, but he eventually won me over just because his greatness like really won me over. That one offseason he thought he was coming to the Lakers, that's what did it. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it could still happen. It could still happen. Three you know, the, years. You want 35-year-old LeBron? <laughs> hey, the banana boat crew is coming to, the, to, coming to the Lakers. Come on now. I wonder if that's a topic for on the wheel, uh, the Lakers. Uh, did you leave that one off of it? Yeah, I think that actually is conveniently off the list. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. For next time. The, the struggle bus Lakers. I digress. Oh, like, well, why you got to go there? Why, why you got to go there? You Are see, the Lakers overrated? Oh, oh. Let's pivot. That's a smooth pivot. <laughs> oh, smooth pivot. I'm just saying, like, you know, most titles in NBA history, you know. Is like, it? Is it? It's not Boston? Or, it's, not, it's not Boston. Yeah. A, a who's who of greats, like, who've put on. But who's what put have on, you done for me lately, LA? Exactly. You gave saying? me the Blake Griffin saga. That's about it. Wow. <laughs> I mean, two, like, two titles, what, two, like, 20, like, 2010, 2009. Come on now, no. Kobe, one of the greatest to ever play this game, just walked away. Six dropped sixty on his last game. Of How many his shots? Career. 
Hey, how many shots did it take Michael Jordan to get get to his sixty? What was sixty nine? What was it? Uh, I think it was sixty nine. Yeah. No, I don't know. Sorry. Intern. <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> I I, I'm just I'm just curious about how not well we're kind of pivoting, but you all are celebrating mediocrity. You're yep. celebrating Kobe being Kobe, but winning twenty. 20 games in a season. Oh, oh, no, no. I'm not celebrating it. Remember, I told you this two years ago when he signed when he signed that um, extension. I said, this is one of the worst things we could do as a franchise. I told you that. But I, I don't think if you, if you hadn't signed that extension, you would have had no brand. I mean, the Lakers brand couldn't survive without Kobe. And you see right now, the Lakers brand is D'Angelo Russell. The franchise. Just let that dead air sink in. I, I just want to say I loved Russell. D'Angelo Russell at Ohio State. He was a fun to watch he college was, he, player. He I'm excited to see his NBA transition, but he, I don't know if he's ready to handle the weight that comes with being the face of the I mean, LA franchise. Hey, he, he, show, he put in work in the, uh, in the summer league. You yeah. see him in the summer league, just yeah, completely did. showing out. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not worried about the on the court. Aspect of D'Angelo Russell's game. It's it's his off court brand. That's yeah. He gets he, he gets Iggy with it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> that was terrible. You know, you you're doing a whole, whole lot of talk about that. You talk about Brandon. You know, what have you done for me lately? Uh, what about that team that plays in MSG? Uh, so now he's just lashing to, out. Mm. He's just lashing what, out. What, what have they done lately? Oh, oh, like, are they just living? Like, see, like this is how bad that team is. They're, they're living out the fact that they're in New York. That is it. That's all they got. I see a parallel. <laughs> Living off you're in L.A. <laughs> hey, at least we have titles at least in this century. But at least the Knicks have a chance now. I mean, I don't I don't really care for the Knicks, but they do have a chance to be fighting in, in the East. I don't know I if mean. you heard, but there are two super teams in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> With the Derrick Rose, who's going to play five games this season. Uh, a Carmelo Anthony, who's going to forget how to play basketball by the time he comes back from Rio. Yeah, I want International Melo to show up. <laughs> He'll have Zika by then. I mean, Brandon, I, I, I hate to side with you, but I mean, you, the New York Knicks, have, have a, a little bit of a future. Or they have something they're built. I don't. I don't know what LA has even constructed. I mean, what is the long the long term plan? D'Angelo Russell. Um, I always forget the big man's name. Um, Jul- Julius Randall. Um, you got we got, Ingram. We, got we, we just like like signed Mozgov. We got Brandon Ingram. Jo- Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Clarkson. Like, have you have you watched this kid? He's play? nice. Yeah. He's not a pure point guard, but he's nice. He's, he's, a, he's, he's gonna be two guard. He's gonna be two. He's gonna yeah. flex between the two and three, yeah. depending on like what, play one. depending on like how they slide Ingram and if he could put on some weight. Because like like my frame's not gonna there. make it. You're a young team, but still, I mean, plus Mozgov. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. That's that's that's, that's definitely another ten games right there because of Mozgov. I still think you're 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 under thirty wins for the season. Yeah, I think Luke Wallen will be a really interesting. Luke's probably the best player on the team. No, that's not fair. Okay. That's not fair. Uh, I think he'll build a culture that will be really exciting in three to five years. Agreed. I can agree with that. I think they have young talent that, if they're patient, could develop into a decent core. 
I think they better not jump the gun and pull off a trade with one of these youths trying to get um, some sort of mediocre but NBA-ready talent. Um, Rudy Gay, we're looking at you. Because <laughs> um, I, I I do think that they could build something with that that foundation. Can they build it with Mitch Kupchak at the helm? No. Oh, absolutely, they can. The problem is the problem is not Mitch Kupchak. The problem is even like further upstairs from him. Yeah, like the bus, fair. like what the bus family has done, like like Jim Bus, like what he's done to completely like like throw that franchise that just out is just ridiculous. Yeah. Thanks like, for Phil Jackson, LA. We appreciate it. Oh yeah, like yeah, well, like what good he's doing <laughs> doing for y'all right now? KP. That's all I need to say. <laughs> Mic drop. That that's literally the, the only thing God. he's done. For New York. Oh, no, that's not true. He got rid of Tyson Chandler and Raymond Felton in one trade. That the applause is all around from my Tyson's my New been York a solid fans. player his entire career. He's just old now at this point. Raymond Felton, <laughs> I love my man. He's Tar Heel for life. You my boy, Blue. But give it up, bro. After you, <laughs> after you got got caught with those guns, man. It, it's a wrap for you, brother. I mean, you had you had a prime opportunity to be the the captain of a ship. Twice in New York. <laughs> and you blew it. Like, come on, man. Here's the thing with Phil. Oh, all right, guys. Here's the thing oh, okay, with Phil then we're running we're running on time for this segment here. So all right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back after this short break. Live right here. Well, not live. Oh, come on. You know exactly semi-live. what I mean. Ra- semi live. Radio Fairfax. This is Bringing the Pain. I am Cyrus Wayne. I guess we got caught up in the crazy housing boom. I lost my job and lost my benefits. We had been in the house so long, we didn't want to lose it. I was only going to pay interest for the first five years. I felt really behind in my mortgage payments and received a foreclosure notice. But we couldn't pay this. We got hit pretty hard when the introductory mortgage rate expired. What these people share is that they all got in trouble with their mortgages, and they all called a certified housing counselor for help. Our housing counselor looked at our paperwork and she knew something was wrong. She understood what needed to be done and she helped me work it out with the bank. The housing counselor got to the right people right away. This is a free service. If you think you're in trouble, don't wait. Call the National Foundation for Credit Counseling now. The earlier you call, the better your options. We were smart. We called the housing counselor before we got into some serious trouble. To find a certified counselor near you, call 1-866-687-6322 or visit more mortgagehelpnow.org. When it comes to prescription medications, it's essential to apply safe practices to protect your health and safety. To avoid misuse and abuse, never share or borrow medication. Keep your prescriptions out of the wrong hands by storing them in a lockbox and disposing of medication properly. Finally, understand your prescription information. Don't be afraid to ask your pharmacist and doctor for help. And if buying prescriptions online, be sure to use VIPS accredited pharmacies. Learn more at awarerx.org, a public service from the National Association of Boards of Pharmacy Foundation. Join Mike Delaney Wednesday evenings at 9 for a weekly meeting with the chairman of the board, a true American idol, Mr. Francis Albert Sinatra. That's Simply Sinatra, Wednesday nights at 9 only on Radio Fairfax. 
Greetings, astral travelers. It's time to get beamed up for Aura Borealis. Experimental transmissions and otherworldly frequencies to boggle your brain and transform your inner being. Enjoy a smorgasbord of noise, ambient, electronica, indie, world, and neo-psychedelia. Featuring selections from tape, vinyl, CDs, and digital files. Out of my own library and out of obligation to my alien earworm overlords. Aura Borealis. Thursdays at 10 p.m. right here on Radio Fairfax. This is Radio Fairfax, free-form programming created by the people for the people of Fairfax County, Virginia. Call us or email us, 703-560-TALK or radiofairfax at fcac.org. Welcome back to Bring the Pain. This is Cyrus Wayne coming to you from Radio Fairfax. The call-in number is 703-560-8255. Although, if you're listening to me now, there's no point in calling in because, trust me, no one's going to answer. Again, you can find me on at Cy underscore the great, T-H-A, great, on Twitter and Instagram. At this point, I'll be posting some awesome vacation pics. Oh, it's, it's going to be lovely. Anyway, I still, I still have, unfortunately... T. Stokes and Brandon here with me, so we're going to keep this ball rolling. How you feeling, guys? Feeling good, man. A little burned there, actually, but... (laughs) (laughs) A little, I'm on fire over here. Like, See, next time I'm just going to cut your mics next time. This is ridiculous. I've already been cut off once today. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, this is even fair. So kind of like, <laughs> actually, this is going to be a very short segment because I believe I know where all you all you guys stand on this one. MJ versus the field. Because in our last discussion, we talked about how uh, everyone wants to compare everyone to MJ. Is he really the best player, really? Because he was, he was, don't get me wrong, he was great. But really the best. I, I got to give it to my man, the big O. Do you even watch Oscar play? No, I've seen I've seen the highlights. Okay. I, I I've seen the highlights. I see the stats. You can give me like all this stuff about oh well, only the NBA only had six teams at the time. You can give me all that, but come, he straight dominated. The only problem was he he came in before before the like, days of the highlight where they still played in black and white, and he played in Milwaukee. Nothing ever good goes down in Milwaukee. We all know that. Like Milwaukee, like it like is what Cleveland used to be until like a couple months ago. Ouch. Am, am I am I wrong? Am I lying? Okay, then. So, like, like since none of you get the visual, like everyone's just, like, <laughs> hey, we're on radio, guys. Come on, now you got to give me a little something to work with, other than just kind of like you know shaking your head there. I was making faces. So I thought that was uh, sufficient for the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, but to go back to your original question, MJ versus the field. I just think MJ was that good. He he's the standard. But for me personally, yes, he's a skilled athlete. But it's his demeanor that just puts it over the top. I just don't feel like since other than Kobe, I just don't see anybody that is that wants it that bad, that that pushes you in practice, that pushes you in every area of your life to be great. I and mean, knocks you out. Don't forget knocks you absolutely. out. Absolutely. Steve Kerr is a better man because of that. <laughs> Some could say the Warriors are who they are because of that. I guarantee you, Steve Kerr thanks Jordan occasionally for that moment. Um, but I mean, it, it's just it's just the mentality that that goes along with the skill set for me that that makes Jordan it just makes Jordan the creme de la creme. I mean, 
it, it, it's that okay. The attitude is amazing. I mean, all aspects of his life. But then you think about the competition he played against and who he prohibited from getting a ring. It's it's just amazing to me. I mean, people, you there was only there was a, a gap of two years where people won rings because Michael Jordan was not in the league. That's the only reason why he won. <laughs> I mean, think about that. There's there's no one else in in that field that's been able to do that. And I'm sorry for getting passionate about that, but it's just it's amazing to me that oh, I'm gonna go play baseball for a second. You know what, Hakeem, go ahead and win a couple championships. Okay, I'm back now. Um, I'm gonna win again. Three straight, in fact, twice. It's, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. All of you Jordan riders are disgusting. You know that. I'm sorry. Um, he did go to Chapel Hill, right? Okay, I just want to point that out again. Continue. All of you are just disgusting. It's it's like we we a lot of us like just look at Jordan as this like you know this like demigod where. It's like it's absolutely ridiculous, especially now. Like LeBron James, like into that conversation of you know, could he be one of the greatest ever? And people just automatically just throw Jordan six rings, six rings. Oh, like that's actually an, an, another topic for another time. But it, it's like, hey, like don't get me wrong. As I said, he was a great player. I'll give credit where credit is due. I'll give the devil his due because you know he wasn't really that great of a guy, contrary to what religious history will tell you. But he was an awesome player. But this idea of he's like in this such a rarefied air that like like th- th- that any player can, is mentioned in the same sins as him is blasphemous is absolutely ludicrous. Let me let me uh, give you this this tweet that is actually my like pinned tweet on my Twitter account that I think uh, is pretty interesting. Want to plug it? Might put this away. I I don't know where I'm sourcing this from at the moment. Um, The interns can get get on that and we can in post-production talk about it. Uh, Michael Jordan once responded to Jim Jackson's trash talking by pointing out that he was wearing Jordans. What other player can do that in the 90s? I was about to say, like, doesn't everyone like have a shoe now? Nowadays? Now, yes, now there everyone seems to have a shoe, but a Nike shoe, but not a, not a. You don't see LeBron's figure on his on his sneakers. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm just want to point that out. You don't find uh, LeBron's name across football jerseys now either. <laughs> if you haven't seen Michigan's latest uniforms, wow. Oh my he, god, he is a brand in and of himself besides just what he did on the court and the demeanor and the the competitive edge that he brought every day in practice uh he's he's a he's a brand he is basketball and i wait wait wait, wait. did you really just go there did you really did you really just go there he is really yes like the name bill russell doesn't mean anything to you will chamberlain the alphabetian oscar robertson larry bird magic johnson like none yes. of those names mean anything to you at all. I didn't say they didn't Jerry mean West, anything. the You're logo. Putting words in my mouth. I never said they didn't mean anything. See, let me jump but in. But wh- who's the first player that you think of when you think of basketball? Me. Like, what, what's the logo that comes to mind? Hmm. Talk about besides the logo, which should be the changed. N- the NBA logo doesn't come to mind when I think basketball. Oh, so tell me what comes to your mind when you think basketball? The Jordan logo. What, what was that uh, Kanye lyric? You jumped over Jumpman. What was that? I don't know these uh, these hood terms. 
Bobby? <laughs> what is it, Yeezy, 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 just jump over a jump, man? What are you talking about? So he just basically lied to us five seconds ago. <laughs> no, Bobby dropped that over here. Thank you for that one, Bob. Yeah, Bobby, you are on it. That Looking good, kid. Wow, Brandon just had the most confused look on his face right there. He's like, wait a minute, what, what, is, what is this rap? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's Yeezy. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kim's dude, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's probably where you would know him from. Oh, yeah. that's Kim Kardashian's husband. <laughs> but no, like I, I, I kind of, I think you're <laughs> giving some respect to, to history and and respecting your elders, which is fine. But I feel like, like Brandon's coming from the the perspective of what he saw and what he knew, and it's kind of like this new generation of where Kobe and LeBron are are automatically going to be better than Michael Jordan because they didn't witness what he did. They weren't there to really appreciate it. So, I mean, while I agree that Bill Russell and and Oscar were amazing in their time, even they are people that will will say that Michael Jordan's the best player of all times because, I mean, I I think it's just his will to win. No one has done what he's been able to do in that position on the floor. I mean, these gentlemen played in a time where, I mean, the league was predominantly white. And, I mean, it, it just wasn't as competitive during that time period. They were able to dominate. Um, I mean, I mean, it's true. It, I mean, it's nothing. There's no slight. But, I mean, you have to think about that. It, it, it was a different era. These gentlemen came in with a level of, of talent, a level of athleticism that hadn't been seen before and were able to start dunking the ball. I mean, to win to win 10 championships that like Bill Russell did, there has to be some some parity in talent somewhere in, in my opinion. Not to say not to lessen what he did, but when Jordan played, the talent level was equal on both sides of the league on the east and the west we didn't have the parity we have now where the west is the is, is varsity and the east is jv you had the east with you know with the reggie millers with with uh the isaiah thomases uh <laughs> i mean I, I mean you just had you had it everywhere i mean every team you played on a night in night out basis was good and he did it every night brought it every night and had the fortune of health to go along with it I just don't see how you can't make him the standard. Oh, mic drop right there? Yep, I think so. <laughs> Spin that wheel. Spin that wheel. Bobby? <laughs> Try to tell all my Tar Heels right there. Weep UNC. Who? Elon. <laughs> Where? Who? What, what is? Who, who is that? Sorry, I burped. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Should we care about the Olympics anymore? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it. Just yeah. Yeah, real just short walk away. Just yeah. Mic drop. Um. Well, the U.S. We eat gold medals for breakfast, so I think we should just keep doing it. Um, no, I think the Olympics provide a unique opportunity to get exposure to a lot of different athletic competitions that a lot of people don't see, especially here in the United States. It's, it's kind of the, the big four, uh, NBA, N- N- NBA, NFL, MLB, and even the NHL. Uh, we don't really look past those four sports um, to recognize a lot of the athletes that are uh, in the world. Um, so I think it's, it's a pretty unique competition. Uh, 
you'd like to think that it brings nations closer together. I'm not sure that that impact uh, is, is felt uh, quite as much as it used to be. Um, but I think the Olympics are still an important um, reminder to the kind of the history of, of the global nature of sports and the connectivity that it can, they can have. T. Stokes? Should we care about the Olympics? <laughs> That's a different question. Oh, well, well I'm sorry. Osiris, well, that was the question I asked. That was the question. <laughs> so what did you just answer? The intern is whispering to me right now. <laughs> what was all Stop that, that What was all that about? <laughs> Isn't anyone paying attention here? As Stephen A would say, that was a very nice soliloquy right there. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, Tim Tebow. <laughs> that's my friend. <laughs> In a bona fide scrub. <laughs> Tim Tebow is my friend. No. <laughs> um, uh, but um, I mean, it's it's tough to care about the Olympics. I, I won't. I can't say that I cared about it. I think this is probably the first Olympics in a while where I was intrigued and wanted to watch and have wanted to come home and, and follow it. But. It's not like March Madness where I'm I'm sneaking at work trying to to watch it and anything like that. I mean, I I just I, I care I care I think I care about the U.S. continuing to be dominant in sports. So I care about that, but do I care about the Olympics? Do I care about who won the badminton gold medal? No, I don't. I don't care about that. Do I care about the economic impacts that the, the Olympics have? No, and unfortunately, you probably probably would care about it more if there was some Zika virus story that was going on right now. But without without that, it's just kind of like it's something that's going on right now. I appreciate it because there's nothing on television right now. Um, but I mean, I can't say that I look forward to the Olympics every year. Every every four years, I'm kind of like, oh, it's time for the Olympics again. Let's let's watch it. Yeah, really? Yeah. Well, those Winter Olympics though, those are good. Oh no, curling is my jam. Like I will, I will sit down. I will be in front of the TV. Just hey, like no one talk to me. Hey, curling's on. Just watching them. Just like. But Cyrus, I mean, do do you have do you have the Olympics penciled in in your calendar every four years? I have certain events penciled in in my, in my calendar every four years. Like you know, in the Olympics, the really the only sports I care about are swimming. Sometimes, depending if like depending if, like on who's swimming. Like you know, I'll I'll watch Phelps. I'll watch him. I'll watch Lockie. I'll, I'll watch you. Know, I'll watch my boy out of NC State, of course. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch him. Uh, you know, bringing home another break gold down medal. and cry. We talk. <laughs> hey, gold medal. Like like uh, what happened to that uh, that you know University Cheetah Hill? Hmm? Where, where, where were they at? Where where were they represented? You were making a point. Anyway, like so, I'll, I'll watch that. You know, uh, track like you know track and field. You know, I'll watch a use. I'll actually, I love the you know the one hundred, two hundred, the four by ones. I'll watch that uh, freestyle wrestling. I'll sit down. I'll get into that. So, like the sports, I legitimately care about. Like, I'll sit down and watch. But everything else, as you mentioned, bad. Why? Are we, wait, first of all, why are we the first ones to throw badminton under the bus? Because I, I when I left work early, <laughs> I was watching badminton at home, guys. And badminton <laughs> is serious. These guys. Are going hammer time for badminton? Hey, think I'm joking? Think it's a game? Oh, uh, hey, hey, I know what you mean because I, I know I saw myself uh, watching uh, handball. I missed that. I wanted to watch that so badly. 
I hear handball is an amazing sport to watch. Oh. And where would you be able to watch that if not for the Olympics? Yeah, right. oh, wow. oh, there, there. <laughs> very good point. So, so you look forward to the Olympics? You care about them? Like, as an overall spectacle, not so much. But like the individual sports where I get to see like some like some of the best like athletes, you know, be, like you know, being the best at what they do. Yeah, I look forward to that. But I, the overall spectacle, I think. For like for me personally, it's lost a little bit of its luster. Also, like I just hate like I just hate this whole thing. Like you know the Super Bowl effect where people who don't watch football they'll watch the Super Bowl and like ruin it for people like me, like who like are really vested in this and I'm actually paying attention. I'm like watching like all the detailed stuff and then like like they're like oh who's the quarterback? Like what do they say? What do they what do they do? And you'll find the Olympics like is like the Olympic audience for like by and far is that is really. Uh, like th- like that. Are- <laughs> okay, then so since you can't yeah, see Russell me, like someone's appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, T Stokes here, like you know, sneaking in, like take taking a picture, like taking a picture of me as I'm really just going. Don't I think, I think oh, it was a picture and- of himself. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> gotta get that profile <laughs> pic. <laughs> like, t- taking selfies, you gotta get one of me too, because I, I gotta gotta get one for the gram, man. Get one for the gram. Got you. What's that gram again, dear Cyrus? Cy underscore the great, T H A. Anyway, at, like back to, back to my point. It's it's more geared for for those crowds, like the people who don't really pay attention to sports. Casual they're just, fans, exa- exactly. But I think the the hardcore fans can also enjoy uh, the, the the Olympic games. Uh, myself being a, a pretty big uh, basketball head, um, I love seeing some of the best players in the NBA. Consider myself a basketball head. Um, I love seeing some of the best players in the NBA all on the same court playing semi-competitive basketball. Um, I think that's that's really exciting because that's something you don't really see in the in an All-Star game. You don't when it's just like no one's playing defense uh, and it's just jacking up shots or dunks, um, whichever you think is more exciting. I, I love seeing competitive basketball in the international stage. I think it's, it's I think it's the most exciting thing about the. Wait, Olympics. Did you say semi-competitive? Have you been paying attention? It's been it's, it's been, been competitive. The U.S. team has played very poorly. Uh, if you look, if you watch all the exhibition games, uh, it was not competitive. Um, so I was kind of like going in the middle there between not competitive at all and, and physical. Say that you watch the rest of the world's catching up in, in basketball. I agree, and that's and that's part in part due to the global recognition that MJ has brought to the sport. Oh God! Full circle. Beautiful. <laughs> Haters gonna hate. <laughs> <laughs> but let me ask but to that is the world catching up or are we just not sending our best because if we had Steph Curry I mean we're LeBron, definitely not sending our best but you I mean you can't force them to go play especially not after playing a full game a full season of 82 games plus full postseason going to game 7 forced by the NBA to uh, in the finals uh, I think it you know you have to give the players the choice yeah the top two players in the league aren't there but KD's still there and he's number three for me so yeah. Uh, we still have the top representation. But if we did have those players there, would you still say that, that the the world is caught up? I didn't say that he did. I'm sorry. I said they're catching up. Oh, okay. Cyrus, I, you think the world's caught up with this? Yeah, because remember, like it used to be a thought where we could just send like any old ragtag group 
uh, down there and they'll just dominate. Clearly, 2004 proved that wasn't the case. Right. I mean, like for, first of all, like everyone will say, oh, we had you know LeBron, Wade, and Anthony on that team, forgetting the fact that LeBron, Anthony, Wade back then was not LeBron, Anthony, and Wade as we would know them to be. Like they were still young players, like yeah. still very green. Were, still, that was their rookie year. Yeah, like like still very raw. Oh, and by the way, when you have AI and Stephon Marbury as like the veterans on that team. <laughs> what else did you expect? Uh, you know, like I re- actually, I remember like watching. Like, I remember like watching like up like up to that event, and I knew the moment they were in trouble was during an exhibition game against uh, a German team led by Dirk Nowitzki, who didn't even qualify for the Olympics, <laughs> and they you know they lost like on a ridiculous you know game winning shot. And usually, everyone kind of like writes it off like, oh, it's exhibition; it doesn't even matter. One again, Germany didn't even qualify that year, and two, just like the look on like their faces saying, oh. Wow, like this is going to be something. Like that, that let me know right then. Hey, like next time we really need to be better at this. But anyway, back to my original question: Should we care? Mm, in my opinion, nah. Not, not unless it. Mm, personally, I don't. Again, like I, I have my events like that, that I'm like that I'm really locked in. I'll watch, and like I really follow. But like the other events where you you just watch it just just a little bit and like autom- automatically you're an expert, I don't really care for. What if the Olympics wasn't a two and a half week sprint one summer every four years, but a continual kind of event? So you you know each year you would have your you know November is your swimming, and uh, the summer has to be basketball because they can't do it during the NBA season and you just kind of broke out the sports like that over the full year do you think you would care then if it became more of like a the whole world is going to sit down tonight and watch swimming you know this random November evening no don't, don't think so because like part of what, what makes Olympics big is because it's an event and especially in American society we are an event but if you make society. if you make these events smaller events is what, is what I'm saying so like instead of one big Olympic event you have the swimming event and then you have the Batman event and the volleyball event and a bunch of smaller ones throughout the year. Do you think I, they would stay relevant amongst the big sports? I that, mean, come to come the winter when that's know. what I thought about at first, like the relevancy of it. But then again, I feel like it would get diluted. I think it would, yeah. I think the Olympic brand would then become like regular or wouldn't have the. I'd, I'd argue that it's diluted now. That's fair. I mean, we 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 just get oversaturated with all the Olympic news. <laughs> All right, fellas, we're running out of time. Hey, yeah, that's that's it. That's it. That's it. Some applause. Some applause. Thank you, <laughs> gentlemen, very, very like very much for uh, joining joining us again. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is bringing the pain with Cyrus Wayne. We have to go, but until next time, we'll catch you. And I have yet to really develop a catchphrase. Y'all want to help me out here to kind of like lead us out or nah? I'll take that as I'll take the stone silence. So again, you can find me at Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Cy underscore the Great T H A. Fellas, y'all want to like plug any social media? Uh, no social media, but guys, go on SoundCloud uh, TXL. Check out that made groceries that yeah. Uh, check that out. So classy beats for you. I'm good as well. No social media for me, but uh, thanks for having us, Cyrus. Absolutely. All right, gents, thanks very much. Once again, thanks everyone for listening.